0: hello and welcome to episode 10 of the idiot book nook podcast my name is blazing my pronouns are she her and they them
1: i am the reading dragon my pronouns are she her
2: i'm lady Punnett. my pronouns are she her and sometimes they them
0: And I just want to take a moment to give a disclaimer for our podcast episodes as we normally do. We at the Idiot Book Nook do not support the actions, views, or opinions of J.K. Rowling. We are simply Harry Potter fans who grew up with the books during important times in our life. For us, Hogwarts is and will most likely continue to be home. We do not condone the racist, transphobic, and anti-Semitic imagery that is depicted within the pages of these books. It should also be noted that this podcast includes spoilers, so if you haven't yet had a chance to read the books, you may want to consider revisiting us when you've had a chance to catch up on them, unless you don't care about spoilers, in which case, welcome to our discussion. As you guys well know, the way that we frame these episodes are we do a chapter-by-chapter reading with a chance to work on our voice acting skills and to expand our repertoire for voice acting, and then once we're done with the chapter, we launch into a discussion, wherein we stream these live on Twitch, and we bring in our Twitch audience for live discussion, and we give our Twitch audience a voice. We also have access to, our basically our anchor feed has access to allow you to leave vo- voice messages, and you can also send us emails for feedback at idiotbooknook <coughs> at gmail.com, and our anchor feed is anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. I'm actually just going to go ahead and pop our socials in the chat here. Give me one moment please while I work things out. I think it was this button. Yes. You can find Lady Punnett on TikTok at paulina.avalon. You can find mm-hmm. myself on Linktree at linktr.ee blazing 2010 You can find The Reading Dragon on Linktree at linktr.ee slash the reading dragon. You can find our anchor feed at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. And we will have a hub developed for the Idiot Book Nook and your main place to go for our podcast, as well as potential resources at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com. But again, if you go to the Anchor.fm website, you can leave us actual voice messages, and there is a very good chance that we may have viewer feedback episode at some point, if that becomes a regular thing. So, with that being said, uh, with all of that being shelled out, and um, with our disclaimer, and all of our links given, and our introductions done, Let's delve into and in any too. announcements that are relevant and any announcements that are relevant for this episode. Let's delve in. Oh, I know one thing I forgot. We release our episodes twice a week. Once on Monday and once on Friday. We do two chapters per week, so you get basically First twice day. the days. What I say? You said you said Friday. Oops. Monday and Thursday, instead of Monday and Friday, please excuse me, I have no idea what I'm talking about. We release on Monday and Thursday, and they should be there when you wake up, first thing in the morning. We also have an Instagram that you can follow, all that's linked on the website. But with that being said... And Twitter! But with all of that being said, we can... (laughs) uh, we, We should probably get into chapter 10 of the idi- of uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because I can totally word's good this morning or this afternoon or whatever time of day you happen to be listening to this at Reading Dragon Take it away and I'm just going to stop talking now. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerers or the Philosopher's Stone. Narrated by The Reading Dragon, Blaze Wing 2010 and Lady Punnett. Chapter 10. Halloween. Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes when he saw that Harry and Ron were still at Hogwarts the next day, looking tired, but perfectly cheerful. Indeed, by the next morning, Harry and Ron thought that meeting the three-headed dog had been an excellent adventure, and they were quite keen to have another one. In the meantime, Harry filled Ron in about the package that seemed to have been moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts, and they spent a lot of time wondering what could possibly need such heavy protection.
0: It's either really valuable or really dangerous, said Ron. Or
1: both, said Harry. But as all they knew for sure about the mysterious object was that it was about two inches long, they didn't have much of a chance of guessing at what it was without further clues. Neither Neville nor Hermione showed the slightest interest in what lay underneath the dog and the trapdoor. All Neville cared about was never going near the dog again. Hermione was now refusing to speak to Harry and Ron but she was such a bossy know-it-all that they saw this as an added bonus. All they really wanted now was a way of getting back at Malfoy, and to their great delight, just such a thing arrived in the mail about a week later. Uh As the owls flooded into the great hall as usual, everyone's attention was caught at once by a long, thin package carried by six large screech owls. Harry was just as interested as everyone else to see what was in this large parcel, and was amazed when the owl soared down and dropped it right in front of him, knocking his bacon to the floor. They had hardly fluttered out of the way when another owl dropped a letter on top of the parcel. Harry ripped open the letter first, which was lucky because it said, Do not open the parcel at the table. It contains a new Nimbus two thousand, but I don't want everybody knowing you've got a broomstick, or they'll all want one. Oliver Wood will meet you tonight on the Quidditch Field at seven o'clock for your first training session. Professor McGonagall. Harry had difficulty hiding his glee as he handed the note to Ron to read. A
0: Nimbus two thousand
1: Ron moaned enviously.
0: I've never even touched one. They left the hall
1: quickly, wanting to unwrap the broomstick in private before their first class. But halfway across the entrance hall, they found the way upstairs barred by Crab and Goyle. Malfoy seized the package from Harry and felt it. That's a broomstick he said, throwing it back to Harry with a mixture of jealousy and spite on his face.
0: You'll be in for it this time, Potter. First years aren't allowed them. Ron couldn't resist it. It's not just any old broomstick, he said. It's a Nimbus 2000. What did you say you've got at home, Malfoy? A Comet 260? Ron grinned at Harry. Comets look flashy, but they're not in the same league as the Nimbus. What would you know about it, Weasley? You couldn't afford half the handle. Malfoy snapped back. I suppose you and your brothers have to save up twig by twig.
1: Before Ron could answer, Professor Flitwick appeared at Malfoy's elbow. Not arguing a help, boys! He squeaked.
0: Potter's been sent a broomstick, Professor.
1: Said Malfoy quickly.
0: Yes, yes, that's right.
1: "'said Professor Flitwick, beaming at Harry.
0: "'Professor McGonagall told me about the special circumstances, Potter, "'and what a model is it? "'A new Nimbus 2000, sir,'
1: said Harry, "'fighting not to laugh at the look of horror on Malfoy's face.
0: "'And it's really thanks to Malfoy here that I've got it,'
1: he added. "'Harry and Ron headed upstairs, "'smothering their laughter at Malfoy's obvious rage and confusion. "'Well, it's true.' Harry chortled as they reached the top of the marble staircase.
0: If he hadn't stolen Neville's remember all, I wouldn't be on the team. <laughs> Hermione. You're up. Hermione's
2: not coming in, is she?
1: Yes. Oh, here you go.
2: So I suppose you think that's a reward for breaking rules.
1: Came an angry voice from just behind them. Hermione was stomping up the stairs, looking disapprovingly at the package in Harry's hand.
0: I thought you weren't speaking to us, said Harry. Yes, don't stop now, said Ron. It's doing us so much good.
1: Hermione marched away with her nose in the air. Harry had a lot of trouble keeping his mind on his lessons that day. It kept wandering up to the dormitory, where his new broomstick was lying under his bed, or staying off or straying off to the Quidditch Field, where he'd be where he'd be learning to play that night. He bolted his dinner that evening without noticing what he was eating, and then rushed upstairs with Ron to unwrap the Nimbus two thousand at the last. Wow Ron sighed, as the broomstick rolled onto Harry's bedspread. Even Harry who knew nothing about the different brooms thought it looked wonderful sleek and shiny with a mahogany handle it had a long tail of neat straight twigs and Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top at seven as 7 o'clock grew nearer harry left the castle and set off in the dusk toward the quidditch field held N- He'd never been inside the stadium before. Hundreds of seats were raised in stands around the field so that the spectators were high enough to see what was going on. At either end of the field were three golden poles with hoops on the end. They reminded Harry of the little plastic sticks muggle children blue bubbles through, except they were 50 feet high. Too eager to fly again to wait for wood, Harry mounted his broomstick and kicked off from the ground. What a feeling! He swooped in and out of the goalposts and then sped up and down the field. The Nimbus 2000 turned wherever he wanted at his slightest touch. "Hey Potter! Come down!" Oliver Wood had arrived. He was carrying a large wooden crate under his arm. Harry landed next to him.
0: "Very nice." "'said Wood, his eyes glinting. "'I see what McGonagall meant. "'You really are a natural. "'I'm just going to teach you the rules this evening, "'then you'll be joining the team in practice three times a week.'
1: He opened the crate. Inside were four
0: different sized balls. "'Right,' said Wood. "'Now, Quidditch is easy enough to understand, "'even if it's not too easy to play. "'There are seven players on each side, "'and three of them are called chasers.' three chasers harry repeated
1: as wood took out a bright red ball about the size of a soccer ball
0: this ball's called a quaffle said wood the chasers throw the quaffle to each other and uh try to get it through one of the hoops to score a goal 10 points every time the quaffle goes through one of those hoops follow me Uh, the chasers throw the quaffle and put it through the hoops to score harry recited so that's sort of like basketball on broomsticks with six hoops isn't it "'What's basketball?' said Wood curiously. "'Never mind,' said Harry quickly. "'Now, there's another player on each side who's called the Keeper. I'm the Keeper for Gryffindor. I have to fly around our hoops and stop the other team from scoring.' Three chasers, one Keeper,' said
1: Harry, who was determined to remember it all.
0: "'And they play with the Quaffle. Okay, got that. So what are they for?'
1: He pointed to the three balls left inside the box.
0: I'll show you now,
1: said Wood. Take this. He handed Harry a small club, a bit like a
0: short baseball bat. I'm going to show you what the bludgers do, Wood said. These two are bludgers. He showed Harry
1: two identical balls, jet black and slightly smaller than the red quaffle. Harry noticed that they seemed to be straining to escape the straps holding them inside the box stand back wood warned harry he bent down and freed one of the bludgers at once the black ball rose high in the air then pelted straight at harry's face harry swung at it with the bat to stop it from breaking his nose and sent it zigzagging away into the air it zoomed around their heads and then shot at wood who dived on top of it and managed to pin it to the ground
0: I'd just like to take a moment to thank Foxbox Union for the follow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. See?
1: Wood panted, forcing the struggling bludger back into the crate and strapping it down
0: safely. The bludgers rocket around, trying to knock players off the brooms. That's why you have two beaters on each team. Weasley twins are ours. It's their job to protect their side of the feet, their side from the bludgers, and try to knock them towards the other uh, team. So think you've got all that? Uh, three chasers try and score with the quaffle. The keeper guards the goalposts, the beaters keep the bludgers away from their team. Harry reeled off. Very good. Said Wood. Uh, have bludgers ever killed anyone?
1: Harry asked, hoping he'd sounded offhand.
0: Never at Hogwarts. We've had a couple of broken jaws, but nothing worse than that. Now, the last member of the team is the Seeker, and that's you. You don't have to worry about the Quaffle or the Bludgers, unless they crack my head open. Don't worry, the Weasleys are more than a match for the Bludgers. I mean, they're like a pair of human Bludgers themselves.
1: Wood reached into the crate and took out the fourth and last ball. Compared with the Quaffle and the Bludgers, it was tiny, about the size of a large walnut. It was bright gold and had little fluttering
0: silver wings. This, said Wood, is the golden snitch, and it's the most important ball of the lot. It's very hard to catch because it's so fast and difficult to see, and it's the seeker's job to catch it. You've got to weave in and out of the chasers, beaters, bludgers, And Quaffle to get it before the other team's seeker, because whichever seeker catches the snitch wins his team an extra 150 points. So they nearly always win. That's why seekers get fouled so much. Game of Quidditch only ends when the snitch is caught, so it can go on for ages. I think the record is three months. They had to keep bringing on substitutes so the players could get some sleep. (laughs) Well, that's it. Any questions?
1: Harry shook his head. He understood what he had to do all right it was doing it that was going to be the problem
0: Uh, one second there it is we won't practice with the snitch yet
1: said wood carefully shutting it back inside the crate it's too dark and we might lose it
0: let's try you out with a few of these
1: he pulled a bag of ordinary golf balls out of his pocket and a few minutes later he and harry were up in the air Wood throwing the golf balls as hard as he could in every direction for Harry to catch. Harry didn't miss a single one, and Wood was delighted. After half an hour, night had really fallen, and they couldn't carry on.
0: That Quidditch couple have our name on it this year,
1: said Wood happily as they trudged back up to the castle.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if you turned out better than Charlie Weasley, and he could have played for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons.
1: Perhaps it was because he was now so busy, but with Quidditch practice three evenings a week on top of all of his homework, but Harry could hardly believe it when he realized that he'd already been at Hogwarts two months. The castle felt more like home than Privet Drive ever had. His lessons, too— were becoming more and more interesting now that they had mastered the basics. On Halloween morning, they woke to the delicious smell of baking pumpkin wafting through the corridors. Even better, Professor Flitwick announced in Charms that, he thought, they were ready to start making objects fly, something they had all been dying to try since they'd seen him make Neville's Toad zoom around the classroom. Professor Flitwick put the class into pairs to practice. Harry's Harry's partner was Seamus Finnegan, which was a relief because Neville had been trying to catch his eye. Ron, however, was to be working with Hermione Granger. It was hard to tell whether Ron or Hermione was angrier about this. She hadn't spoken to either of them since the day Harry's broomstick had arrived.
0: "'Now don't forget that the nice wrist movement we've been practicing,"
1: squeaked Professor Flitwick, perched on top of his pile of books, as usual.
0: "'Swish and flick. Remember, swish and flick. And saying magic words properly is very important, too. Never forget Wiv- Wizard Berufia who said S instead of F, and found himself on the floor with a buffalo on his chest.'
1: "'It was very difficult.' Harry and Seamus swished and flicked, but the feather they were supposed to be sending skyward just lay on the desktop. Seamus got so impatient that he prodded it with his wand and set fire to it. Harry had put it out with his hat. Ron, at the next table, wasn't wasn't having much more luck. One moment, while we take a short pause.
0: Wingardium
1: Leviosa, he shouted, waving his long arms like a windmill. You're
2: saying it's wrong, Harry heard Hermione snap. It's Wingardium Leviosa.
0: Make the gar nice and long. You do it, then, if you're so clever,
1: Ron snarled. Hermione rolled up the sleeves of her gown, flicked her wand, and said, Wingardium
2: Leviosa.
1: Their feather rose off the desk and hovered about four feet above their heads. Oh, well done, cried Professor Flitwick, clapping.
0: Everyone see here. Miss Granger's done it.
1: Ron was in a very bad mood by the end of the class.
0: It's no... One second. It's no wonder no one can stand her.
1: He said to Harry as they pushed their way into the crowded corridor.
0: She's a nightmare, honestly.
1: Someone knocked into Harry as they hurried past them. Past him. It was Hermione. Harry caught a glimpse of her face and was startled to see and was startled to see that she was in tears
0: i think she heard you
1: so said ron but he looked a bit uncomfortable
0: she must have noticed she's got no friends
1: hermione didn't turn up for the next class and wasn't seen all afternoon on their way down to the great hall for the halloween feast Harry and Ron overheard Parvati Patil telling her friend Lavender that Hermione was crying in the girls' bathroom and wanted to be left alone. Ron looked, t- Ron looked still more awkward at this, but a moment later they had entered the Great Hall, where the Halloween decorations put Hermione out of their minds. A thousand live bats fluttered from the walls and ceiling like a thousand, while a thousand more swooped over the tables in low black clouds, making the candles and the pumpkins stutter. The feast appeared suddenly on the golden plates, as it had at the start of term banquet. Harry was just helping himself to a baked potato, when Professor Quarrel came sprinting into the hall, his turban askew and terror on his face. Everyone stared as he reached Professor Dumbledore's chair, slumped against the table, and gasped.
0: Troll! In the dungeons, thought you ought to know.
1: He then sank to the floor, in a dead faint. There was an uproar. It took several purple firecrackers exploding from the end of Professor Dumbledore's wand to bring
0: silence. Prefects? He rumbled. "Lead your houses back to the dormitories immediately. Percy was in his element. Follow me. Stick together. First years. No need to fear the troll if you'll follow my orders. Stay close behind me now. Make way. First years coming through. Excuse me. I'm a prefect. How could a troll get in? Harry asked as they climbed the stairs. Don't ask me. They're supposed to be really stupid, said Ron. Maybe Peeves let it in for a Halloween joke.
1: They passed different groups of people, hurrying in different directions. As they jostled their way through a crowd of confused Hufflepuffs, they suddenly grabbed, um,
0: Harry suddenly grabbed Ron's arm. I just thought, Hermione. What about her? She doesn't know about the troll. Ron bit his lip. Oh, all right.
1: He snapped. But Percy better not see us. Ducking down, they joined the Hufflepuffs through... Mm. Ducking down, they joined the Hufflepuffs going the other way, slipped down a deserted side corridor, and hurried off toward the girls' bathroom. They had just turned the corner when they heard quick footsteps behind him. Percy, hissed Ron. "'Pulling Harry behind a large stone griffin. "'Where am I? "'Peering around it, however, "'they saw not Percy, but Snape. "'He crossed the corridor and disappeared from view.
0: "'What's he doing?' "'Harry whispered. "'Why isn't he down in the dungeon "'with the rest of the teachers?' "'Search me.'
1: "'Quietly as possible.' They crept along the next corridor after Snape's fading footsteps.
0: He's heading for the third
1: floor, Harry said, but Ron held up his hand. Can you smell something? Harry sniffed and a foul stench reached his nostrils, a mixture of old socks and the kind of public toilet no one seems to clean. And then they heard it. A low grunting and the shuffling footfalls of gigantic feet. Ron pointed. At the end of a passage to the left, something huge was moving toward them. They shrank into the shadows and watched as it emerged into a patch of moonlight it was a horrible sight 12 feet tall its skin was a dull granite gray its great lumpy body like a boulder with its small bald head perched on top like a coconut it had short legs thick as tree trunks with flat horny feet the smell coming from it was incredible it was bull it was holding a huge wooden club which dragged along the floor because its arms were so long the troll stopped next to a doorway and peered inside it waggled its long ears making up its tiny mind then slouched slowly into the room
0: He's in the lock,
1: Harry muttered.
0: We could lock it in. Good idea,
1: (laughs) said Ron nervously. They edged toward the open door, mouths dry, praying the troll wasn't able to come out of it. With one great leap, Harry managed to grab the key, slam the door, and lock it. Yes! Flushed with their victory, they started to run back up the passage, but as they reached the corridor, mm. but as they reached the corner, they heard something that made their hearts stop. A high, petrified scream, and it was coming from the tape, and it was coming from the chamber they just chained up. Oh no, said Ron, pale as the bloody Baron. It's the girl's bathroom, Harry gasped. Hermione, they said together. It was the last thing they wanted to do, but what choice did they have? Wheeling around, they sprinted back to the door and turned the key, fumbling in their panic. Harry pulled the door open and they ran inside. Hermione Granger was shrinking against the wall opposite, looking as if she was about to faint. The troll was advancing on her, knocking the sinks off the walls as it went. Confuse it! "harry said desperately to ron and seizing a tap he threw it as hard as he could against the wall the troll stopped a few feet from hermione it lumbered around blinking stupidly to see what had made the <clears throat> to see what had made the noise its mean little eyes saw harry it hesitated then made for him instead, lifting its club at it. Mm, lifting its club as it went. Oi, p yelled Ron from the other side of the chamber, and he threw a metal pipe at it. The troll didn't even seem to notice the pipe hitting its shoulder, but it heard the yell and paused again, turning its ugly snout toward Ron instead, giving Harry time to run around it.
0: Come on, run.
1: Run!" Harry yelled at Hermione, trying to pull her toward the door. But she couldn't move. She was still flat against the wall, her mouth open in terror. The shouting and the echoes seemed to be driving the troll berserk. It roared again and started toward Ron, who was nearest and had no way to escape. Harry then did something that was both very brave and very stupid. He took a great running jump and managed to fasten his arms around the troll's neck from behind. The troll couldn't feel Harry hanging there, but even a troll will notice if you stick a long bit of wood up its nose, and Harry's wand had still been in his hand when he jumped, and it had gone straight up one of the troll's nostrils. Howling in pain, the troll twisted and flailed its club, with Harry clinging on for dear life. Any second, the troll was going to rip him off or catch him a terrible blow with the club. Hermione had sunk to the floor in fright. Ron pulled out his wand, not knowing what he was going to do. He heard himself cry the first spell that came to into his head. "When guardium Leviosa! The club flew suddenly out of the troll's hand, rose high, high up into the air, turned slowly over and dropped with a sickening crack onto its owner's head. The troll swayed on the spot, then fell flat on its face, with a thud that made the whole room tremble. Harry got to his feet. He was shaking and out of breath. Ron was standing there, with his wand still raised, staring at what he had done. It was Hermione Hermione who spoke first.
0: Is... is it dead? I don't think so, said Harry. I think it's just been knocked out.
1: He bent down and pulled his wand out of the troll's nose. It was covered in what looked like lumpy grey glue. Ugh, troll boogers. He wiped it on the troll's trousers. A sudden slamming and loud footsteps made the three of them look up. They hadn't realized what a racket they had been making, but, of course, someone downstairs must have heard the crashes and the troll's roars. A moment later, Professor McGonagall had come bursting into the room, closely followed by Snape, with with Quirrell bringing up the rear. Quirrell took one look at the troll, let out a faint whimper, and sat quickly down on a toilet, clutching his heart. "'Snape bent over the troll. "'Professor McGonagall was looking at Ron and Harry. "'Harry had never seen her look so angry. "'Her lips were quite white. "'Hopes of winning 50 points for Gryffindor faded quickly from Harry's mind. "'What
2: earth were you thinking of?' said
1: Professor McGonagall, "'with cold fury in her voice.' Harry looked at Ron, who was still standing with his wand in the air. You're lucky you weren't killed! Why weren't you in your dormitory? Snape gave Harry a swift, piercing look. Harry looked at the floor. He wished Ron would put his wand down. Then a small voice came out of the shadows.
2: Please, Professor McGonagall, they were looking for me. still you. Miss Granger!
1: Hermione had managed to get to her feet at last.
2: I was looking for the troll because I I thought I could deal with it on my own, you know, because I've read all about them.
1: Ron dropped his wand. Hermione Granger, telling a downright lie to a teacher,
2: Well, mm-hmm. if they hadn't found me, I'd be dead now. Harry stuck his wand up its nose, and Ron knocked it out on its, with its own club. They didn't have time to come fetch anyone. I was about to finish me off when they arrived.
1: Harry and Ron tried to look as though the story wasn't new to them. Well, in that case, said Professor McGonagall, staring at the three of them.
2: Miss Granger, you foolish girl! How could you think of tackling a mountain troll on your own?
1: Hermione hung her head. Harry was speechless. Hermione was the last person to do anything against the rules. And here she was, pretending she had to get them out of trouble. It was as if Snape had started handing out sweets.
2: Miss Granger, five points will be taken from Gryffindor for this, said Professor McGonagall. I'm very disappointed of you. If you're not hurt at all, you better get off to the Gryffindor Tower. Students are finishing the feast in their houses.
1: Hermione left.
2: Professor McGonagall turned to Harry and Ron. Well, I still say you're very lucky, but not many first years could have taken on a full-grown mountain troll. You each... Win Gryffindor five points. Professor Dumbledore will be informed of this. You may go. They
1: hurried out of the chamber and didn't speak at all until they had climbed two floors up. It was a relief to be away from the smell of the troll, quite apart from anything else.
0: We should have gotten more than ten points. Ron grumbled. Five, you mean, once she's taken off Hermione's? Good of her to get us out of trouble like that," Ron admitted. "Mind you, we did save her. She might not have needed saving if we hadn't locked that thing in with her."
1: Harry reminded him. They had reached the portrait of the fat lady.
0: "Pigsnout,"
1: they said, and entered. The common room was packed and noisy. Everyone was eating the food that had been set up. Hermione, however, stood alone by the door, waiting for them. There was a very embarrassed pause. Then, none of them looking at each other, they all said, Thanks. And hurried off to get plates. But from that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other. And knocking out a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them.
0: And thus ends chapter 10. The first super exciting chapter of the series. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite chapters, honestly. <sighs> I would like to make bring up a point. Mm-hmm.
2: So far, everything we have written, read about Hermione Granger just cements in my mind that she is definitely on the autism spectrum.
0: Uh, It is very possible. Mm -hmm. She is
2: very rule abiding. Mm -hmm. She doesn't like it when rules are changed. She doesn't like it when others break the rules. She is very much about the fairness of it. Uh, Her special interest is learning magic. Mm hmm. Uh, And she doesn't make eye contact a lot because
0: eye contact is bad. I mean, that is totally fair. I will admit
1: that between the books and the film, when Professor Quirrell is bursting through the Great Hall, saying, Trolls in the dungeon!
0: Movie did it better. Movie did do it better. The movie did do it better, agreed. Uh, That... I'm sorry, but the actor who played Quirrell was—he was a good—he—he he was a decent actor for that for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a good fit. So one of the things that I wanted to bring up on Halloween morning, they woke up to the delicious smell of baking pumpkin wafting through the corridors. Now we all know the kitchens are in the bottom of the castle, mm-hmm. and there's a stairwell that goes down. It's over near the Hufflepuff common room, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So there is no reason that from that point the entire castle would smell like pumpkin. So, mm. I'm thinking that Hogwarts is doing what a lot of uh, Hogwarts did what a lot of theaters are doing these days and potentially piped in the smell. Hogwarts mag by magical means or they connected like air ducts or something to the to the fucking kitchens, but they piped in that smell magically because it's that time of year.
2: Yeah.
0: Cuz I mean, let's face it's it, because- Hogwarts is fucking huge. Yeah which means I mean, theoretically they should also do things like valentine's day for chocolate or christmas day mm-hmm. for like peppermint and maybe more chocolate or something like that. i don't fucking know pine just the normal christmas smells yep. cinnamon yep yeah all speaking speaking
1: of how big it is uh blaze wayne aren't you create aren't you trying
0: to build hogwarts school in one of your minecraft servers in my minecraft server yes that's currently on hiatus we haven't touched it in a few months so Mm. but yes we are starting to actually try to build hogwarts on the minecraft server uh we have one of the front door one of the front walls with the one of the main doors um up and constructed but i don't know if we're gonna actually finish it or not it is a massive undertaking but it would be nice to have it. We, we've mapped out the entire area that we need, and it is not a small area on our server. But, again, we don't know how far we're going to get with it. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Also trying to uh, work out the mechanics of the moving staircase C- and correct. moving hallways. And... Huh.
0: Tyran Phoenix made a comment. Why is it that when something happens, it's always you three? Believe me, Professor, I've been asking myself that for the last seven years. And then, and ten extra points for sheer dumb luck. Yep. The movie also got that better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like I, I like that version of the line as opposed to the, what the book had. Mm-hmm. So. <sighs> so. Harry and Ron did something incredibly brave and yes, incredibly stupid. They went to look for Hermione to make sure she got back. This for me shows that as much as they tease her and torment her, they don't want anything bad to happen to her, which makes them decently good people.
1: However, yeah. they did
0: accidentally lock her in with the damn thing. That was an accident though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much better <laughs> with Jane Maggie Smith too. You are not wrong. Um, that being said, they. this is kind of the start of where we see Harry and Ron and just what they can accomplish together when they are fighting side by side. Because let's not face it, when you get the trio together, as much as I dislike Gryffindor, when you get the trio together, there is no problem that they cannot overcome. Mm-hmm. Harry with th- basically he's like stupidly brave with mm-hmm. ron he has a th- habit of mm, kind of sticking his neck out or believing the best in people and hermione is the brains of the group when you put those three together there's nothing that they cannot overcome also Her- a holder ron- of the holder oh sorry what was that
2: lady Bennett? hermione is often the holder of the brain cell
0: though
1: yes
2: mm-hmm. agreed
1: Well, let's not discount the fact
0: that Ron does know how to be a tactical person. Yes, he does. Absolutely. And that's shown, actually, we'll be getting into that at the end of this book with the giant chess game. Mm Mm-hmm. But you kind of see that earlier, before that, so. Yes. So we've got strategy, we've got the strategist, sorry, we've got the brains, we've got the strategist, and we've got the fighter. Hmm. Thinking about it, this is like a giant, D- giant game of D and D with a three-party system, or with a three. I propose.
2: Th- I propose in this case, Harry Potter is an arcane uh, trickster.
0: Okay.
2: Hmm. Because here's the thing. Everyone's like, "Oh no, they're all wizards." Bullshit. Throughout the books and the movies, we see Harry cast maybe, maybe two spells and that's not until the second movie
0: Fair.
2: Mm-hmm. so he's an arcane he's an arcane trickster can't change my mind hermione i have always believed that hermione is the straight-ass wizard she gained all mm-hmm. of her knowledge from books yes a lot of it's like innate abilities that she has but no she is book smart she learns her her power comes from her books she is a wizard yep
1: and she must be protected so that way she doesn't die from taking 1d4 whatever damage. Exactly.
2: <laughs> Ron, Ron, I always believed, is kind of, later on he becomes, he joins the Quidditch teams, he's always been plays keeper for his family. I always thought he's like either a cleric or a paladin. Not so much focused on the magical aspect so much as the brute force. He literally said, hey, if you can't cast a spell, drop your wand, punch him in the face
1: so uh probably a war caster
0: subclass of cleric or paladin theoretically mm. theoretically but mm. this is just to kind of circle back here this is the point where we start to see what happens when you put these two and eventually these three into the same space on the same side of the field this is the beginning of them starting to wow everybody with what they do as a team they're not mm-hmm. necessarily all that powerful by themselves, but put them together and they will they'll, they'll basically railroad and steamroll anything you put in their path, as is shown countless times over the series. Yep.
1: Northern Whisper says, I'd love to see Hermione interact with her parents from the first year on, whereas Tyrion Phoenix says, Hermione's the scholar and also commented Spellblade Paladin for possible wrong.
0: Uh, yeah, I I mean that that's not outside the realm of possibility. Oh yeah. So um is there anything else we want to go over in this uh in this chapter? Anything else that kinda of popped out? Yes. What and it's something that's always bugged me and something that's bugged a lot of people. What's that?
2: Dumbledore's logic was to send all the students back to their dormitories for their own safety. Great. Makes sense. The troll was in the dungeon. Do you know whose dormitories are in the dungeon?
1: Hufflepuff. Sorry, Slytherin Slytherin. Slytherin.
2: Slytherin and Hufflepuffs. So you're sending students with prefix who are usually fifth
0: year or higher, maybe, to go to the dungeon where the troll was last seen. Which is weird because in book two, when they're faced with an issue or when they're faced with the crisis, they put all of the students in the fucking great hall. Your, your logic wasn't, oh, it was in the dungeons.
2: So you guys should all stay here where it's safe.
0: Excuse me, or, we just get rid of these tables. You can finish your your food, or, but you're just going to sleep here yeah. for Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Dumbledore in first book nearly sent half the school into peril.
0: Uh, let's
2: Not go. even like send the Hufflepuffs and the Slytherins to the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor Tower. Like I know that would have spelt disaster and they're all like, Oh, we must keep them separate Whatever. It's just let's not, better places.
0: Let's not pretend like Hogwarts has a good track record of keeping their keeping their students safe though. I mean <laughs>
2: I mean Yeah, I'm unless... just i just gonna
0: throw that right out there at the table and just fucking call 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 Hogwarts out. Specifically <clears throat> Dumbledore.
2: Okay. Maybe, okay, maybe if we go back with the whole theory that uh, Hogwarts is semi-sentient, maybe, maybe Actually. it's sent, like, maybe Hogwarts is able to communicate with the headmaster and it's like, okay, look, I can try and keep the troll away from the ba- vast majority of students, make sure your prefects are doing their jobs, I can't keep it away from everybody, I'll try and lead it to where your teachers
0: are, just make sure the students so I want to come back to that point. Tyrion Phoenix says those goddamn Hufflepuffs man, their vicious. Hashtag Ravenclaw for life. To which Ferret responds, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuffs, sure, but mixing Slytherin with any other house would be like throwing gunpowder into a fire. Northern Whisper says, "Albus mm-hmm. Dumbledore and the visit from HR." <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, Tyrion Phoenix responded with, "That sounds like fun." So let's just talk for a moment about the idea that Hogwarts is sentient. If we take that and it, and we know that the head ma- like. Not everybody knows that Hogwarts is sentient, but if we know, if we take for a moment that the headmaster knows that Hogwarts is sentient and can communicate back and forth with the school, maybe not vocally. But just a quick thing. Come with me and you'll be and you'll see all the worlds of OSHA violations. God damn it. (laughs) That might have been a reason... That could theoretically have been a reason that Dumbledore decided to send all of the students back instead of keeping them in the Great Hall, because Hogwarts and the headmaster communicate back and forth with the with the school being sentient. The school is like, you make sure the students you make sure the students get back to their their dormitories. I'll see about turning the troll away and keeping them away from the kids. But here's the thing: the troll was let in in the dungeons, and mere moments later, we find it up on the third floor. Not just that. When they were running from Filch in the last chapter, in, was it chapter 9? Yeah, the Mm -hmm. midnight Sorry, Yeah, chapter 9. We have a situation where they were over by the trophy room, and then they're running down halls, and suddenly they're over in the charms corridor, and then they're running through a couple of corridors, and then suddenly they're up on the third floor. Mm Mm-hmm. This might be Hogwarts trying to direct them and show them something. Like... This just, for me, reinforces the fact that, yes, Hogwarts is sentient and that it kind of knows what it's doing.
1: In other words, the DM trying to railroad the party to the main
0: plot. Not necessarily. The DM trying to keep the party on track and show them things that they need to know, but they don't know that they need to know. Fair enough. That, that is also true. But again, it, it it lends to the idea that Hogwarts is sentient and that it it's trying to look after the kids and it's trying to do things that need to be done.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you look at it also, um, the Room of require so later on, Room of Requirements only shows up for those who need it. Mm-hmm. We know what happens later on in Book 7. I won't go into that. Mm-hmm. But if we go with this theory that Hogwarts is sentient and it's trying to keep it safe and with the theory that Hogwarts isn't as proactive as it used to be, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. it's like, okay, look, I can do one of two things. I can either get... The tr- have the troll go towards the vast majority of the students or I can make it go down this hallway that's
0: locked mm-hmm. but there's a
2: girl there I need to choose between the lives of the many or the lives of the few the, the
0: mm-hmm. lives of the many outweigh the, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one which is something from Star Trek actually so Northern yep. Whisper says what if Hogwarts wanted a mobile school for wanted a mobile form the school as a transformer I actually want to come back and touch on that in a second and Tyrion Phoenix says unless you're like Blaze and you let them write their own insanity
1: I would imagine if the school did a mobile, a mobile form sort of thing, it would be more like a Howl's Moving Castle sort of situation.
0: Okay.
2: Or if we go further into that, maybe kind of like Baba Yaga with like the uh,
0: chicken legs. Mm-hmm. So has anybody here played Final Fantasy Nine? Which one was that? Know. That was the one with Zidane and Garnet and Steiner. And... No. Okay. My only
1: experience with Final Fantasy really is watching the film
0: Seven Advent Children. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Um, I haven't had time or energy or the months. Do you guys (laughs) care about spoilers for Final Fantasy IX? No. Okay. Spoiler warning, Final Fantasy IX. If you don't want to hear this, you should probably mute the stream. We'll get your attention when you're ready to come back. Also, Um,
1: Tyrion Phoenix says John Wick is here.
0: (laughs) Final Fantasy <laughs> IX has a, so the Final Fantasy series has this mechanic in a lot of the games called summoning magic. You basically summon the gods to do your bidding, as one of my favorite mock cartoons says. I can summon the gods to do my bidding. Summons a throw uh, Throwback to <laughs> Final Fan. Uh, fi- back to Eight Bit Theater. Just fuck. Um, anyways, Final Fantasy IX is set up. There's a uh, all sorts of different gods that you can summon titan uh, goliath leviathan uh, phoenix shiva bahamut all of these but one of the summons specifically that's known throughout the first i think th- within the first nine games in quite a few games is a summon called alexander alexander is a guardian and he is defensive so final fantasy 9 comes around And we see the actual death of one of the summons for the first time. One of the main castles of Final Fantasy IX turns out to be the summon Alexander, keeping the kingdom safe, right? Guarding over the... Like, the actual castle turns out to be Alexander itself. Mm. And is summoned by Garnet at some point to protect the kingdom as much as it can. And what we see is because of this big bad basically Mm -hmm. fries Alexander to shit and completely and utterly destroys him. But Alexander manages to keep most of the town safe and we see the death of one of the summons. So I'm, I'm thinking uh, when I think Hogwarts in this protective, in this whole protective, um, light in this whole sentient light, I think of Hogwarts not unlike that of alexander is the castle it knows what it's doing it can sh- change its hallways it can change its paths it can affect things going on within it it's effectively a creature all of its own and it, its primary job is protection and defense also Tyrion phoenix says uh,
1: final fantasy 8 guardian forces is probably the game you're mentioning in terms of alexander i don't know uh tyran phoenix is also like oh god alexander is a freaking
0: beast wasn't odin killed in final fantasy 8 by Sephir? i can't remember if odin was killed or not i do know that odin was a pretty kick-ass summon in final fantasy 7 though um but final fantasy 9 is kind of what i hail back to when i think of hogwarts in the protective def- in the protective and defensive mode is alexander mm-hmm. the fact that you know It takes somebody of great courage or somebody of great will or somebody of great strength to be able to call upon this thing, which we see again in Book 7 with the the Stone Guardians. We see it uh, in Book 2 and Book 7 with the Sword of Godric Gryffindor when that's pulled. We see it with the Room of Requirement whenever that's basically summoned, except for the time Dumbledore needed to take a shit, which we'll get into in a later point
1: What the fuck? Also, Tyrion the Phoenix says he
0: gets replaced by Gilgamesh, I think. Basically, it goes that Dumbledore was looking for a bathroom, and suddenly this room appeared where no room had been before, and it was a chamber pot room. Basically, Hogwarts made a shitter (laughs) for out of the room of requirements,
1: so... I mean, you gotta think, though, how old is Dumbledore at that point? That's that's fair. The most
0: magical shits ever! Yes, (laughs) Tyrion! best shit ever um anyways just all i can like i said all i can imagine is alexander so uh we're gonna get off this Uh, i'm gonna stop talking about final fantasy now but is there anything else we wanted to bring up (laughs) would really help from all that taco bell i don't know if dumbledore (laughs) eats taco bell we do find out that he is he, he is partial to was it uh Lemon drops and uh, lemon sherbet. Let's just say Dumbledore has a thing for fucking lemon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure at some point in his life, when probably Taco Bell first came out, because he seems to like some Muggle things. Yep, he probably would have given
0: Taco Bell a try. Yep, a try potentially. And then, oh God, what is it doing to my insides? And why did I wait until I was fucking seventy or eighty years old for this shit?
1: It's the reason why the uh, cha- the room of requirement had to do the emergency bathroom.
0: See, so you know <laughs> that you, path- you know when they go into the chamber of secrets, and there's the the, the rocks down at the bottom and whatnot, and there's all this shit mm-hmm. down at the bottom and whatnot, the chamber of secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was designed specifically for Dumbledore's bowels. I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: No, like that that happened when Taco Bell first opened in London.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is that where all his magical poops go? I don't know. I don't wanna think about that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, what if Dumbledore was friends with J.R. Tolkien? Random thought. Is that why the basilisk was so angry? Because it <laughs> <shit> on him! <laughs> <laughs> well, this conversation took a weird fucking turn. <laughs> it's why there's still water in the Chamber of Secrets. It's why the basilisk is so pissed. And when they talk about in the Chamber of Secrets opening the floodgates, it brings on a whole new meaning. Congratulations. I can only... Congratulations, I... Dumbledore. <laughs> I got this can... from Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Now I can only imagine
1: how bad the school smelled once that chamber was opened.
0: Well, you know, you, you know what they used to do before they had actual working plumbing in the school? The students used to mm. take shits in the hallways and they used to just magically disappear it or magically vanish it. Mm. That's canon. Seriously? Pretty sure. Oh, uh. yeah. Yeah. i really hope th- let's
1: cite that please like i heard about it but i thought that was like some weird
0: ass fan theory oh, hold on let me go find the information you you two can talk i'm gonna go find out this i'm gonna go find this random obscure thing and i will be back in a moment
1: <laughs> even fox was like the fuck is this shit? i can't heal this <laughs> vanished to the poop dimension <laughs> Oh, God. There was when you break it down into its constituent atoms oxygen, carbon, nitrogen, etc. It's harmless. Uh huh. Try doing the same thing with pig shit. And yes, I am making a Mad Max Thunderdome reference right there.
2: For those of you that don't know.
1: Because it has nothing. <laughs> okay.
0: You mean the orange potato? The the
1: orange the orange Oompa loompa?
0: So I have a thing here from Screen Rant. Screenrant is decently reliable with its information. It's not the best, but it's probably the best source I'm gonna get without doing a deep dive. This was penned in twenty nineteen by Thomas Bacon. Um J.K. Rowling's Pottermore site reveals that the Harry Potter secrets you never thought to ask, such as how wizards went to the bathroom before plumbing. So, we're going to go down this article. J.K. Rowling's Frederick. official Harry Potter website, Pottermore, has taken advantage of the new year to remind everybody just how gross wizards were, were before the invention of plumbing. Hogwarts is renowned for its toilets, not least because of one particular girl's bathroom is actually the concealed entrance to the Chamber of Secrets, while the plumbing became particularly useful to Slytherin's monster, the Basilisk. The plumbing, of course, is relevantly recent Muggle uh, uh, a uh, relatively recent invention, and a muggle one at that. Hogwarts was established in 990 AD, as we well know, hundreds of years before the creation of modern, sy- modern systems of plumbing, and so J.K. Rowling has decided Her Pottermore website should answer the question nobody was really asking at all. How did wizards go to the bathroom at Hogwarts in the centuries before toilets were installed? Give me one second, I'm going to pull this over to this screen. The answer, it seems, is remarkably gross. In support of National Trivia Day, Pottermore has taken to Twitter to remind Harry Potter fans that plumbing was installed as recently as the 18th century. For then, witches and wizards simply relieved themselves in public, and then vanished the evidence. Presumably, this also explains the designs of the long, sweeping robes that sorcerers usually wear, which would potentially be useful for keeping their excretions secret. It all sounds pretty unhygienic, it's not hard to imagine young students getting the spell wrong and not quite managing to make everything disappear. And as a matter of fact, they have a tweet, specifically for, uh, specifically from the wizarding world. Um, Of course, the reality is that even in Muggle world, hygiene was hardly a priority when it came to toilet habits back before plumbing. Although Sir John Harrington invented the first flushing lavatory back in 1596, the idea idea failed to catch on. Muggles preferred to use chamber pots and cesspits, and in uh, towns and villages, it wasn't uncommon for bodily wastes to be tossed out the window onto the streets. This frequently got into the water supply, and and in truth, proper sanitation only began to be practiced when it became clear this could lead to problems like cholera. But why did Hogwarts believe uh, proper plumbing was better than simple disappearing spell? The answer, of course, is that there's no such thing as a disappearing spell. Even (laughs) Even in the wizarding world, matter cannot be created or destroyed. Meaning the witches and wizards were presumably transporting their waste elsewhere, maybe to a waste pit. The potential would be there for spells to go wrong with, depending on your point of view, either hilarious or embarrassing results. Meanwhile, it's not hard to imagine the potential for chaos if school bullies decided to use this to prey on their unpopular victims, transporting feces into their bedchamber or school bags. In the Mm -hmm. end, Hogwarts decided to forbid the use of spells outside of classrooms, which would have also prohibited this. um, Ironically, there's also a reason Rowling specified this on her Pottermore website. It's because the plumbing actually matters to the story of Harry Potter. Its installation almost led to the discovery of the Chamber of Secrets, but unfortunately, a member of the Gaunt family was on hand to conceal it in the plumbing around the girls' bathroom.
1: Mm. Also, it was just pointed out to me by our lovely friend Bliss that this chapter that we are uh, discussing now is also the first instance that we see Hermione unfortunately fall into the trope of damsel in distress
0: yes yes it is and i am i'm not exactly a fan of the damsel in distress i don't like the damsel in distress trope it's mm-hmm. well overused and it mm-hmm. sh- it shows that you know women can't handle their own that they need to be rescued and i do not like that
1: yeah nowadays it would it Nowadays in today's media and today's uh, method of storytelling, more often than not, it would probably be best as a sort of joke purpose when there is already clearly a strong female character Mm -hmm. in the story. So as a joke purpose, maybe if you can do it right in a main story setting no
0: northern whisper asks if bathrooms weren't a thing till the 1800s what was the entrance to the chamber of secrets before it was a girl's bathroom i have no fucking clue We're over likely, ex- Pardon?
2: It it, well most likely it was it could have been like an extension onto the dungeons maybe or maybe it was supposed to be oh oh wait no i remember a theory i had um Since it was in the dungeons and it was made by Salazar Slytherin, um, my theory was always that it was supposed to be used as an escape route in case the castle ever got invaded by Muggles or dark
0: wizards. That could be a thing. Mm -hmm. It's Salazar Slytherin, but I swear I heard you say Seltzer Slytherin.
1: He's got a (laughs) Seltzer Slytherin. He's got a bubbly
0: Seltzer Slytherin. He's got a bubbly personality. Seltzer Slytherin is Salazar's bubbly cousin. (laughs) Salty Slytherin. (laughs)
1: Tyrion Phoenix says, I'm a damsel. I'm in distress. I can handle this. Have a nice day.
0: Northern Whisper says, he's so carbonated. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) And then there's Salty Slytherin. Yep.
1: Mm. Salazar, Salty, and Seltzer. Mm. We're just needing Papa Slytherin. (laughs) <laughs> so and sugar slytherin we don't talk about sugar
0: <laughs> well we got a whole spice girls thing going on here thank you yep. <laughs> looking back at 90s media
1: disney alone had bell for beauty and the beast jasmine sally from nightmare before christmas nala meg from hercules mulan so already the damsel in distress trope
0: was tired yep and i was literally about to say sugar yep you're not wrong Yep. so i'm thinking this is a good place to cut off this discussion um we're gonna end at the podcast episode and then we'll chat on here for just a moment because i want to talk about something but first i think we have one more comment to go through
1: and then there's the black sheep, cilantro Slytherin.
0: God damn it. <laughs> Just god damn it.
1: <laughs> Alright. So <laughs> we have a whole
0: extended family for the Slytherins. Uh-huh. So oh, you see this now. that's gonna wrap it up for our discussion on episode ten. Mm-hmm. And for chapter ten of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This chapter was Halloween. If you would like to check out our socials, you can reach pa- you can reach Lady Punnett on uh, TikTok at paulina.avalon. You can reach myself on Linktree at linktr.ee slash Blazewing 2010. You can read you, uh, you can reach the Reading Dragon on Linktree at linktr.ee dot slash the reading dragon. If you would like to see our website you can do that at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com and if you would like to see our podcast feed itself you can do that at anchor.fm slash idiot book nook where you can also leave us voice messages and if you want to leave us an email you can do so at uh idiotbooknook at gmail.com please interact- also if you want go ahead sorry real quick if you guys want to send us fan art of the extended family of the slytherins that would be awesome we could theoretically do with fan art i would be more than happy to put it up as as our intro so i want to take a page from critical rules stuff if you guys want to send us fan art we can uh, i'd be tempted to put it at the beginning on break and on the end if we have any artists here um but we also want to we want you guys to interact with us and we want you guys to leave us messages so feel free to email us or leave us a voice message over on uh anchor you can leave us voice recordings and we will get that every time we log in to upload episodes and we can download them and we can play them live on stream so we can have a viewer or a listener feedback episode i would love to do like a mailbag episode where we just sit and we chat with you guys how about a crude ms paint art absolutely go for it yes it's still fan art as long as it's not so crude that we get uh, violation. Strikes. Yeah, I don't need a Twitch. Yep. T- I don't need a Twitch TOS uh, violation. Thank you. Um, but with that being said, I think we're going to wrap <clears throat> this chapter into this episode up, and this uh, podcast. Well, at least for this episode uh, up today. So, for the Idiot Book Nook, I am Blaze Wing. I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnet. And we will see you guys next episode for chapter and episode 11.